Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Been a busy couple weeks. Yeah. So, uh, for those wondering, we we had shifted to an every-other-week schedule, but um, we had to bump last week. Uh, A day... The the day after we recorded last, my wife tested positive for COVID. Then a week later, I tested positive for COVID, and then I, I as you can probably hear, still having like I've, I'm pretty much recovered now, but still have like those lasting telltale signs of of uh, just getting over um, uh, a sickness. Um, so yeah, I am uh, I'm not I'm doing much better now though. So we're back at it. It's not been as bad for me, but eventful as well, because I had, you know, a hurricane come and visit me during our off time last week. That's true. Yeah, you, you had, uh, was it Ian that came knocking at your door? Yep. I, yeah. Ian. Yeah, because so. uh, Fiona just uh, visited Eastern or Atlantic Canada, I should say. So that, that's been dominating the news. I think that was a couple weeks ago. And honestly, the last few weeks have been like just kind of, they feel like one big, huge blob of of stuff that happened um and uh but we are we are back and we're 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 all caught up we're gonna catch up on a bunch of fire emblem heroes content i'll get this out of the way right off the bat and say that uh, we did we are going to postpone our tokyo mirage sessions uh gameplay discussion um to our next episode which is scheduled for the 24th only because i've uh, I have not had a lot of extra time to, to play uh, other video games. Um, so I'm hoping this two-week extension, I'll be able to get my homework done. And the plan was always to wrap it up by the end of this year. So that's that's still the goal. Um, so look forward to that in uh, a short amount of time. But let's kick things off with uh, the banners that are currently running right now. We've got the weekly Revival 22 and 59 banners. Uh, Legendary Heroes Ninian running until the 12th, Tempest Trials running until the 15th, New Power until the 19th, Hall of Forms Revival until the 22nd, and our new Special Heroes banner that we're going to discuss in just a little bit, Divine Harvest, goes until the 5th of November. Yes, the third year in a row they decided to do an all-dragon Halloween banner. Yes, yeah. Well, they got to be running out of dragons eventually, right? Pretty much out of them or very low on them at this point uh but um speaking of dragons those weren't the only dragons we had during our uh time off because the legendary ninian banner dropped and um i summoned on that got a decent number of pity breaks on the way including three xanders and a male byleth before i ended up sparking a ninian uh, and decided to clear my pity rate where i ended up getting another xander so Got that on the Ninian banner. And then, of course, on the Halloween banner, I was summoning for everyone. Got a Doom of Hitty Break on the way to Spark, as well as a few four-star Nagas. Um, I continued summoning on Colorless after getting Naga to see how many Nagas I could get before I was done. Uh, You know, see if maybe there was enough to try and go for a plus 10. Uh, Ended up getting an extra Duma and a five-star Naga right before the Spark, uh, which I used the Spark to grab Corn. I then kept going to get female corn while continuing on Naga, like I said, to see how many I could get. When I finally ended up getting female corn, I was 
close enough to a plus 10 naga, I decided to, you know, go ahead and go crazy, push it, and um, ended up by the end, managed to get enough naga for plus 10, uh, as well as a spare male corn and a spare female corn. So Nice. So yep. a good haul all around. Um, I didn't do much summoning on the uh, legendary banner, but on the Halloween banner... Uh, I managed to, uh, I, I guess, so here's my, was my thinking. I, my Fae Pass was running out. Um, I think I had a couple days left and I was like, okay, I'm going to spark on this banner because you can only spark if you have an active Fae Pass. So I ended up uh, going for the spark. Along the way, I ended up getting Duma and Mila pretty quick, followed by a female corn and a five-star version of Naga, even though she is available as a four-star. And I ended up using the spark to round out the banner with male corn. So I ended up getting everybody, which is, you know, not, um, it's not necessarily a common thread for me to, to get all of the special heroes. But in this case, yep. I, I got, I, I feel like the, the numbers were on my side and I was able to summon all, all four. There we go. How did you try to summon on Indian at all or not bother? No, I, I didn't bother. You know, honestly, I haven't really been summoning on the legendary slash mythic hero banners. Um, I mean, that has its own advantage. Eventually, you'll get to a banner where you have none of them. So anyone you get is a bonus for you. So, yeah, I think I'm due up, though. And uh, now that you mentioned I'm due up to probably summon on one of those because I probably have enough saved up where no matter what orb color I summon on, I'm going to get something that I don't already have. Which is the goal, so... Um, yes. Yeah. So uh, before we get into all the other stuff going on, I did want to remind everyone that there were some changes recently um, that happened right before the Halloween banner launched where they updated some things for uh, orb purchases in the shops. Uh, various countries, uh, uh, Chile, Japan, Malaysia, Poland, Sweden... And countries and regions that use the euro uh, had their prices changed. Um, and as part of that, they ended up making some changes to orb packs and promo packs. Uh, essentially, you're going to get a few more orbs than you used to now. Uh, so now the uh, $75 American pack, instead of 143 orbs, will now give you 170 orbs. Uh, it's still in the game if you want to look up the note they put in to see all the exact changes they made and then like bonus packs will give additional orbs as well so they increase the number of orbs you're getting on these when you purchase them and for those of us in canada and u.s there was no change to prices but there were a few places that had their prices changed yeah yeah i had uh, i had seen that and uh, i guess it stems from uh, apple increasing the the minimum the minimum amount of uh, purchases. I think it was like 99 cents is the base, and now it's, I think it's gone up to, or I guess the equivalent of 99 cents in, uh, in pounds. So yeah, it's, it, it is, it is nice to see them, uh, increase the orb count across the board to, yep. um, to help, uh, uh, balance out that increase in costs that I don't think Nintendo had any control over. I would go to say is probably they didn't have any control. They had no control over it because I think they have, a set range that they have to charge. I think Apple in-app purchases definitely can't be less than 99 cents. Um, but I think there's still a range. Didn't know the reasoning behind it, uh, but I think 
part of the reason for the orb increase is the fact that Japan was going up, and they probably based their orb to value off of what Japan is selling. Right. So they felt that, you know, oh, well, if you buy it in Japan, we want you to have this many orbs for this amount of yen. So, you know, we need to adjust the amount of orbs. And while they're technically not actually changing how many you're quote-unquote buying, they're changing the bonus orbs to give you extra orbs, essentially. Yeah. So. That makes sense. That makes sense. No, that's a, that's a good mention because um, it it has. I think it has gone into effect, as you said. It, it yeah, it now. went into effect as of the sixth. So right. right before the day fifth or sixth, right before the day of the new banner. When I was diving deep into the banner, I had extra orbs than I normally would have. Oh, there you go. Like twenty seven more when I purchased a bundle or two. Uh, well, you know, we also have uh, right now. So because we our our cadence shifted a bit in terms of release, we actually have two resplendent heroes that we go over uh, that we can go over right now. So the current resplendent hero that's being offered right now is George Perfect Shot, available now until October twenty fourth to Fave Pass subscribers. Resplendent George is dressed in his Emblian attire. Um, it I you know uh, yeah. Emily and retire for sure. <laughs> it's it's hard to. I mean, I, for some of them, it's hard, kind of hard to tell the difference. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think this is one of those. It's a very similar outfit. Yeah, I mean, unless you're getting like hell or uh, you know the elf realms, uh, Losolfheim or uh, Lokolfheimer de- designs, maybe the um, uh, what you call it. Svartalheim or the last year's Dragon's Family, uh, those might be a bit more noticeable, but a lot of the others kind of just blend together. Yeah. yeah. I guess, um, I guess uh, what should we call it? Niffle and Museful also stick out a bit more with their more focus on the light blue and snow design and red fire designs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, well, speaking of... Uh... Yulselheimer. <laughs> uh, you've got the next resplendent hero, which is Elise Budding Flower, available to Fave Pass subscribers starting October 25th. Elise is wearing a new outfit from Yulselheimer, the Realm of Dreams. So Elise is getting in on the resplendent hero Des- fun. Despite all the help the game club for Gamers In has done, they did not actually say say the name of the Light Elves. We went to Alfheim, but we did not name the light and dark elves so no help there yeah yeah and if you're wondering why uh summoners call game club has taken a bit of a back seat especially for my game time it's it's because yeah we've started a a gamers in game club and right now we're playing uh god of war 2018 in preparation for uh god of war ragnarok which is out in i think just a month as of this recording so not too far off for that one and i think i think we're gonna get close to finishing that game for ragnarok so um feel like we're moving yep. pretty quick but like you know this this week uh playing through this week segment i learned that you know those uh old way they you know called the heroes that get summoned to realms like awakening and uh you know fates is einher jar not einher jar or einher jar or whatever but yeah you know, mimir mentioned it in the section yep yeah, lots of fun stuff in the um, 
in God of War in terms of Norse mythology and 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 seeing a bit more of the uh, inspiration for Fire yes. Emblem Heroes in there, and it's really cool. Air was mentioned as well. Yeah, speak during discussions. Yeah, it was good to see Fire Emblem Heroes make an appearance in the God of War Game Club uh, milestone <laughs> <Yep>. threads. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, um. Other than that, we did, like we mentioned earlier, have the new Legendary Banner, which turned out to be Legendary Ninian. Uh, joining Ninian, uh, who, if you don't recall, is from the uh, Fire Emblem Blazing Blade, or Fire Emblem on the Game Boy Advance, as it was just had no subtitle in America when it launched. Uh, on the red bit orb, there are Regan, Legendary Lilina, Fallen Lilith, on the blue orb, there was not legendary Byleth and fallen Ninian. On the green, there was the new legendary Ninian, legendary Byleth, uh, male, and legendary Xander. Uh, and it was female Byleth on the blue one. Uh, colorless had Mila, Tyne, and Ascended Florina. I forgot to mention I did get at least one fallen Ninian while trying to get legendary Ninian. So there's one point where I got a pity break of Ninian while trying to go for Ninian. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, it uh, it it's, it is weird as of this recording, and depending on when people listen to this, the banner might be um, might be done because there's only a couple days left, but uh, yes. still some time if you listen to it uh, as this drops. So there you go. Um, but yeah, speaking of Ninian, uh, the star of the banner, Ninian Ice Dragon Oracle. Ninian is an ice dragon who fled to a faraway land when the Scouring, a terrible war between man and dragon, broke out a thousand years ago. After the war, she returned to the world of mankind, where she continued to wander. Her travels were all to escape the clutches of Nergal, who sent the Black Fang to capture her and take advantage of her ice dragon powers. Ninian is a green dragon cavalry uh, hero wielding uh, Faithful Breath. You know, it's funny. Do we often get dragon heroes that are uh, cavalry units, or did I? Is that a is that a mistake? Um, not often. I think Muspel might have been a cavalry dragon in his original form, but hmm. I'm not sure. That's interesting. Well, there you go. A cavalry dragon unit. Um, her weapon, though, Faithful Breath, grants attack plus three. If sing or dance is used, inflicts defense slash resistance minus six on nearest foes within four spaces of both unit and target ally through their next actions. At start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 40%, grants attack slash speed plus 6 to unit during combat. And also, if unit initiates combat, neutralizes effects that prevent unit's follow-up attacks. And also, if unit initiates combat and has weapon triangle advantage or penalty is active on foe, foe cannot counterattack. If foe's range is equal to 2, calculates damage using the lower of foe's defense or resistance. The standard... Dragon Yeah. Uh, she has a new assist skill, Dragon's Dance, which grants another action to target ally. If used on turn two onward, also grants another action to unit. Uh, grants attack slash speed plus six to unit and pair up cohort, if any, for one turn and inflicts isolation on unit and pair up cohort, if any, through their next action. Effects that could trigger on turn two onward will not trigger again for three turns after triggering Cannot target an ally with sing or dance. Uh, this skill treated as sing or dance. Rounding under kit is attack slash speed catch four in the A slot, S slash R near trace three in the B slot, and blue feud in the C slot. Or sorry, blue feud three. 
in the C slot. Um, so no new like skills, but has that uh, that new assist, um, kind of in line with Ninian being a dancer. Essentially, her legendary skill. Yeah, it's probably locked to her and her alone. Um, yeah, I did look it up uh, using the sorting thing in the game, and it does appear that Niffle and Muspel and Ymir are the only other cavalry dragons we have so far. So, I'm just so used to well, seeing armored <laughs> dragon units that I'm like, oh, armored flying. I see a lot and a few infantry, but cavalry is fairly unique. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. I mean, um, and I, I should have mentioned uh, Ninian uh, is from the Blazing Blade game uh, for those that were wondering. So that's where Ninian comes from. And um, I may have mentioned that a minute ago when we. Uh... <laughs> We're discussing when I introduced the who was on the banner. Oh, did we? Sorry. <laughs> it happens. Well, I did. It wasn't in the notes, which because I'm kind of I'll admit I forgot to do my notes this week. So I'm flying by the seat of my pants for the notes. So I added that in. But uh, these all units will all be coming back because we will have more dragons to cover in the Halloween banner. But before we get to that, we know that Ninian and Lilina will be coming back in September or December. Uh, Reagan will be returning in January. Uh, February, we'll see the return of Xander and female Byleth. March, we'll see the return of Knot and Milla. And April, we'll see the return of male Byleth. So. Mm-hmm. so some more heroes to look forward to as we... Uh, the game prepares us to enter 2023. But before then, we do have the special heroes, the brand new special heroes to celebrate the Halloween season. Uh, Divine Harvest. It's once again time to celebrate Halloween with Fire Emblem Dragons. This time around, we have the Korans from Fates, as well as some Dragon Gods from Shadows of Valentia and Awakening. And we'll kick things off with uh, our first Korin here, which Eddie is going to chat about. Yes, female Korin, Starry Seer. Uh, this is kind of the inspiration for this year's banner, or at least two of the units on it, as there was a... Fire Emblem Cypher card that showed a corn in a witch's outfit. Uh, and she actually kind of references that in the trailer, but there's a uh, mention of, you know, the land she comes from had a event similar to this, which I'm guessing is where they are taking the idea of the Cypher card from. Uh, she is a blue dragon infantry unit. She wields the Moon- Moonlight Stone, which boosts her special trigger. At the start of turn one, if foe's attack can trigger special, it grants special cooldown count minus two. If the foe initiates combat or foe's HP is greater than or equal to 75% of the start of combat, it gives her a plus five to the four combat stats uh, during combat, as well as a special cooldown charge plus one uh, per attack and inflicts special cooldown charge minus one on her foe per attack. Uh, as usual, only highest value no, doesn't stack. It reduces damage dealt to her by 8 when the foe's attack, attack triggers a special. Excludes Miracle. If foe's range equals 2, uh, yeah, the usual Dragon Fang, if it equals 2 using the lower defense. Uh, she has a special titled Negating Fang, uh, which does not seem to be new. I don't recall exactly what it does, but... Uh, it might be from her legendary version. I'm not sure. Uh, but she does have another new um, skill in attack speed finish 4. If she is within 3 spaces of an ally, it grants attack speed plus 7 to unit during combat. 
Uh, also, if unit special is ready or unit special triggered before or during combat, deals plus five damage during combat, expect, except when dealing damage with an AoE special. And when unit deals damage to foe during combat, restores seven hit points to unit. Triggered even this year, damage is dealt. Our other kit, she has Dragon's Wrath uh, 4, tier 4 skill there, and Joint Attack, Joint Drive Attack. So she's bulked up on those tier 4 skills. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> a pretty, a pretty uh, um, amazing setup there in terms of her kit and stuff. So, um, yes. yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, so we were looking at this pre-show in terms of the artwork for the cipher card, um, and and reminded once again that the the cipher sort of setup, lots of amazing artwork, and also I think you know almost twenty variations of female corn alone. Um, and yeah, but I mean it's not hardly surprising. Main characters such as you know a um, uh, actual lord like Edelgard, Dimitri. Uh, Claude or Rioma Xander will get a lot of lo- attention, as well as player characters, avatars, which often get a lot of attention. Yeah, but yeah, but it was it, it, you know I think a lot of folks that talk about Cipher are excited to see when they sort of um, use that as inspiration because it always had amazing artwork, yep. um, and I, I think I think they've they've really brought forward the you know Corin design um like her halloween outfit and cypher over to the game i think it looks really cool they've done a great job with it and um yeah and i did look it up negating thing is her legendary skill um we've got the other corin uh on the banner which is uh corin celestial sorcerer corin has looked to the night sky for inspiration and so his hat and belt feature decorations in the shape of the moon and stars even the lining of his clothing depicts a glittering starry sky. Corrin is a green dragon infantry hero wielding starlight stone, which accelerates special trigger cooldown count minus one. If foe initiates combat or foe's HP is greater than or equal to 75% at start of combat, grants attack plus six to unit and inflicts attack minus six on foe during combat, inflicts special cooldown charge minus one on foe per attack, only the highest value is applied and does not stack. Restores 7 HP to unit. Triggers even if 0 damage is dealt. And also, if foe can make a follow-up attack, reduces damage from foe's first attack during combat by 75%. If foe's range is equal to 2, calculates damage using lower foe's defense or resistance. He has a new skill in the B-slot called Dragon's Ire 4 at start of combat. If unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, inflicts attack slash resistance minus four on foe during combat unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack and also if foe initiates combat neutralizes effects that prevent units follow-up attacks rounding out his kit is moonbow as a special and distant stance in the a slot so um not not nearly as many uh skills as uh female corn but still a, a pretty um a pretty good selection there um and again kind of using the inspiration from female corn's cipher card and applying it to male corn here and giving him more of like a sorcerer's look. Um, again, I think it was, a it, it's a really neat design, uh, for corn, um, and, and incorporating the Dragonstone. I'm just seeing it here into some sort of like lantern type object, which is really, really cool. Very cool design. Oh. Yeah. 
no, it was very, very cool design. Very cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what do we, who do we have next here? We have, oh, the four, the four star unit. Yes. The four star unit on the banner and quite an interesting choice for a four star unit because it is a mythic unit. That is a four star unit here now as Naga harvest divinity. Uh, you know, the primary god of the series, for, especially for the Arcania Saga and Awakening. Uh, Naga returns with a uh, g- ghostly uh, scarf where, that she's wearing, all dressed out for the Harvest Festival. Uh, like mentioned, she is the four-star unit on the banner. Uh, so uh, she is also a colorless dragon flying unit. Um, she we- wields the Serenity Breath Plus. If she initiates combat, her foe's HP is greater than or equal to 75% at the start of combat and inflicts attack res minus 5 on foe during combat, and foe cannot make follow-up attack. Uh, And then it has the usual Dragonstone debuff. Uh, She does not uh, get her Mythic skill or have any new skills with her, uh, but she does have Rally Up Attack Plus, uh, Attack Res Catch, and Attack Res Rain. And I believe both of those are... um, Tier three, uh, yep. It is interesting. You're right to see the uh, basically a, a a a dragon god be reduced to a four star unit. But I mean, someone's gotta get the four star treatment, right? Um, yeah. And it wasn't gonna be the duo hero, and it and it certainly. Oh yeah, the duo was almost never gonna be a four star. Um, you know, she might have decent enough stats to make it worth grabbing her. I. Like I said, I've got enough to plus tenner, which you know is nice. Yeah, to be able to have a plus ten naga. And if I forgot to mention her subtitle is Harvest Divinity. Right. I think the design that they've given her here is kind of like it's kind of a. It's interesting that obviously they're going for the ghost style because they have the the ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, what it looks to be like what would you like? It's part of her dress, but it's almost kind of like it's a like floaty. a scarf almost. Yeah, it's like. You know, a shawl or a scarf that moves on its own because it like reaches out when she's transforming and stuff. Yeah, but she's also got like she's got like the wrappings of like a mummy a bit there too, like with her feet and and whatnot. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 a it's a neat design. Uh, honestly, I think they did a great job across the board um, with the banner and the um. Interesting thing for this whole banner is their jaunty little hats that their dragon versions wear. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. Um, I'll have to. Yeah, I don't uh, know if you watched the trailer, but they, they all wear dragon. They all wear hats and. Sorry, all their hats seem to appear in the attack, you know, when they're dragon forms. Ah, uh, I'll have to go and take a closer look at that. I haven't. I'll be honest, I was able to summon everybody, but I haven't been able to actually use them. I've been yeah. I'm behind. I'm guess uh Naga or the Corns I'm not so sure about, but like Naga and uh what's his name? Duma, who you'll be discussing here in a moment, both have their hats. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it's interesting to see this giant dragon with this little purple hat jauntily thrown on the side of her head. Yeah. Um well, who, who are we talking about next here? We're going to chat about, uh, yes, the duo hero on the banner, as you mentioned. We've got Duma and Mila, strength and love. Duma and Mila, the brother and sister pair of gods who watch over the continent of Valencia, are coming to the Harvest Festival. 
As you can see, not even they can resist dressing up for a good festival. Duma and Mila are a red dragon armor duo hero wielding ghostly lanterns. This accelerates special trigger cooldown count minus one. At start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, grants attack plus six to unit and inflicts attack minus six on foe during combat. Neutralizes effects that guarantee foe's follow-up attacks. Foe cannot make a follow-up attack and also if foe's attack can trigger their special and unit's resistance is greater than or equal to foe's resistance plus 5 during combat, inflicts special cooldown count plus 1 on foe before foe's first attack. Cannot exceed the foe's maximum special cooldown. If foe's range is equal to 2, standard dragon effect, uh, they have two new skills, one in the A slot called Distant Ferocity. Unit can counterattack regardless of foe's range, if foe initiates combat, grants attack plus 5 to unit during combat. The other new skill is in the C slot called Woeful Upheaval. Start of turn 1, deals 7 damage to all foes. Reduces damage from foe's first attack during combat by percentage equal to the difference between unit's attack and foe's attack, minimum of 0. Plus the difference between foe's max HP and foe's current HP at start of combat times 3 to a max of 30. If a foe uses... Bow, dagger, magic, or staff, and initiates combat against an ally within two spaces of unit, triggers savior on unit. Rounding out their kit is Glimmer as a special and Dragon Wall 3 in the B slot. Their duo skill neutralizes any penalty, restores 30 HP, and grants neutralizes foes' bonuses from skills like Fortify, Rally, etc. during combat for one turn to unit and allies within four or sorry, within five rows and five columns centered on unit. So uh, a good chunk of skills there oh, yeah. for the duo hero, as always. So yep, quite a, quite a set of skills there they do have, and that duo skill is quite something. Get thirty hit points, which is a good chunk of most characters' health. I mean, know. that's a that's enough to be make it or break it, right? Like you get an extra thirty oh, yeah. HP for your heroes. Um, <laughs> it's going to help you cross the finish line. Um, this oh, yeah. hero might actually be. Like, if you're trying to do a lot of that PvE, um, specifically I'm thinking of the quests that you get when a new um, a new chapter gets added. You get the, oh, complete with a specific hero type. Um, mm -hmm. But you have to have all your heroes survive. I mean, this duo skill that might be a good one to have. Health, if they're in range, it could be quite useful, yeah. Yeah, it'll definitely help yeah. out. So, um, and, and I think, just off, just for me, off the top of my head... In terms of the minimal content I experience where I'm in control of every turn, that's the one that comes to mind is those is trying to complete those quests to get that extra orb um and have all your heroes survive. Like I'm not auto I'm not auto battling that. So um that might be a good one to put into rotation, but I think the uh the design for, for this one, like first of all, it's it's really interesting to see Mila and Duma like together because I mean our entire experience has been them at odds right in the game in in this game you know yes and no but it wasn't a oh I hate you at odds type thing it's like you know they were they had a disagreement but more or less they were still siblings who loved each other but you know eventually Duma went crazy because that happens to dragons at least in Arcania you know, who live too long, they kind of go crazy. Yeah, and that's Mila, true. 
set up things to prevent him from causing too much damage when it did. And you could argue that she had kind of gotten a little crazy, at least overboard with her style of things. Right. By the time we see the game. So, mm-hmm. but it's nice to see him get some time together as brother and sister. And I really like their, uh, what did they call it? Uh, lanterns or whatever they're. Yeah. They're, they're know, glowing. They're, they're uh, glowing candy. It's really cool, and um, Duma appears to have uh, like a pumpkin shield as well there, which is really neat. Shield? I missed the shield. I don't know if it's a shield, but it's definitely something hanging off his belt. Yeah, I guess it is kind of like a shield that's on his side. And his hat. You mentioned the hats as well. His hat's pretty cool. The hat's cool, and it looks really cool, kind of cool on the dragon version of him. I'm going to have to play... uh, Pay closer attention to um, when I'm leveling yeah. these heroes in Tempest Trials. Yep. But uh, we do, like you said, have that Tempest Trial, which gives us one more hero. Uh, not to be left behind by his sister, who was the legendary hero, Nils. Wandering Star comes to us as the Tempest Trial unit. Uh, he is from Blazing Blade, like his sister, Ninian. He is the brother of Ninian. Uh, and... Um, he is, of course, a Tempest Trial unit, so not a ton in the way of uh, new skills, but he does wield the Surprise Breath. At the start of combat, if he has, 20, if he has 25% or more health, gives him attack res plus 5 during combat, and inflicts a penalty on foe's attack res during combat equal to 20% of his resistance, or his res, uh, as well as the usual Dragonstone debuff or effect. Uh, he has his unique uh, sing dance skill play, uh, like his normal version has. It grants another action to, uh, you know, target alley, like all sing dance skills. Uh, he has a geyser dance too, as well as hone dragons, rounding out his kit. You get two copies of them, and um, forgot to mention what his stats are. He's infantry green unit, dragon unit stuff. Um, <laughs> this is another hero we were discussing pre-show, uh, and the design. Um, yes, <laughs> ice cream. I was looking at his design. His his dragonstone is in an ice cream cone, and a lot of his outfit ha- has ice cream or you know similarly similar type candy inspiration to it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, folks at home know I'm from Canada. Uh, you know, uh, four seasons, all that fun stuff. So Halloween falls in fall, um, and ice cream. It, it, no, it, it does not come up. But I mean, you, Eddie, coming from Florida, does ice cream like anywhere? I mean, in Florida, you well, yeah, a lot of places sell ice cream, but you don't no, do I, it for Halloween specifically. I mean, they might have a special flavor. No, yeah, that's true. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is, does somebody? Is somebody handing out like individually wrapped um, ice cream sandwiches in Florida? Like when you go trick or treating, did you did you ever get ice cream? Seeing as a forty year old geezer, and it's been twenty <laughs> plus years since I went trick or treating, since I have no kids to take out trick or treating, I have never seen it. Right. It seems illogical and nonsensical, but I can't say it doesn't happen. But I mean, in Florida, even, you know, it might cool down a bit, but it's not going to be warm enough to have ice cream last till you get home. It's going to be a melted puddle by the time you get home. It would it would almost make more sense to 
have it up there in Canada where it's nice and cool and it won't be a melted puddle when you get home. Yeah. You're trick or treating. My my experience lately with Halloween, which has been taking the kids trick or treating, which which is a lot of fun, but honestly, like my experience has been fall weather hasn't really cooperated the last couple of years. I'm hoping this mm-hmm. year, fingers crossed that it works out cuz I think the kids are all old enough where we can kind of push through and and do a lot more trick or treating because they want to go, they want to yeah. hit every house. I mean, you're getting free candy, oh, yeah. wouldn't you want? That makes sense to me. True. I mean, but my experience with Halloween always was you're not eating the candy as you get it. You put it in the bag and save it till you get home. Uh, maybe you can convince your parents to let you have one or two pieces while you're out running around. But for the most part, it's all going in a bag and not getting touched till you're at home. So eat it now type stuff really wasn't a big thing when I was trick or treating and. You know, no. heck, when I was trick or treating, there was big scares of razor blades and stuff. So, nine percent of the time, the parents generally didn't want you to accept handmade, much less you know eat it now type things. Well, I I know for me, yeah, like I mean, now we're just getting into the you know standard. I think for for trick or treating, like um, yeah, you weren't eating it as you went. I mean, maybe, maybe you would sneak like one or two mini chocolate bars, but I think for us, it was always, you poured the candy out. Uh, when we got to grandma's was always the last stop. So my dad would take us trick or treating. We would stop at grandma's at the last stop and he would visit and we would just go in the living room. We'd all dump our candy out and, and sort it. Um, I always think like, you know, in the conversation of like ice cream for like weird, novelty items for halloween like ice cream um i think the weirdest thing for me that you you always saw at least once or twice was people handing out pop um so where i grew up it was in the middle of nowhere and i think it was just a it was it was more of like you were gonna get maybe five or six trick-or-treaters coming so like having a case of pop to to hand out um like one or two pops uh you know, every, every time someone comes by, like it wasn't unheard of, but now that I live in a city is you don't see it as often. Cause like you do have a lot of folks that just have to buy a bunch of the mini chocolate bars. And, um, I remember one time I was handing out candy here and we ran out and I had to like start handing out microwave popcorn because <laughs> 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 the kids kept coming and yeah. I'm like, I couldn't even, I couldn't turn my lights off, you know, fast enough because they just kept coming and I ran out of candy and I'm like, look, look, this is all I have. It's the best microwave popcorn you can buy. Now are you the giving Costco them the box Kirkland bags bag. of the popcorn or pre-popping and giving them <laughs> like bags, like, you know, portioned bags? No, no, no. I was, uh, I was giving them the full like popcorn. Un- um, unpopped, unpopped bag. Of popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unopened. So like, again, going back to your conversation of like, you know. I mean, that, that would be something that would be okay. But you know, like the one thing that I recall when I was younger that some people might try to do would be like uh popcorn balls where they yeah. put it in like a sugary candy thing and stuff or candied apples. I don't think I ever got any of those, but there was like always check your candy for, you know, especially homemade candy for stuff like that for razor blades and other stuff. So. Yeah. yeah and that goes back to, I think like growing up in like a very rural area, you'd get a lot of homemade candy up in kind of rural area as well. So it wasn't yeah. like I, but, but where I was getting homemade candy were like, my dad knew who they were. So it's like, it was, it was safe uh, in, in that regard. But yeah, like homemade candy, but, but I mean, back to like the whole, you know, the start of the conversation, I, I feel like you could do ice cream 
Um, it'd be expensive because like the individually wrapped ice cream that you would know, like ice cream sandwiches or, or even if you're going like high end, like, you know, um, you have drum drumsticks where in, in the States, I think. Uh, I haven't seen them much lately. There used to be little like small plastic buckets of ice creams, you know, same uh-huh. size portions. So maybe those could work. But once again, like with other, you know, any other option of ice cream, It'd probably be a melted mess by the time you got home. Yeah. And I don't know if every parent would appreciate like, oh, you want my kid to have this full size ice cream treat bar right now? Yeah. Uh, hoping to put them to bed at some point tonight, but I guess. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a very good point. But anyways, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Nini, or uh, Nils has ice cream inspired ha- Halloween outfit. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess there's no other time to really do it. You know, it's trick-or-treat, so they're going on the treat side of things. I mean, you can have a bit of ice cream, but not a outfit similar to his ice cream-inspired. Yeah. So I guess it sort of works. It's just struck me as a little weird, you know, especially with his character uh, epithet of star, you know, wandering stars. It's like, well, that you have ice cream, not stars there, <laughs> which is a little weird. Oh, well. But, I mean, ice cream you could save for summer heroes, but I digress. Yeah. But, you know, aside from that's all the heroes we do have, but uh, we have been getting tidbits about the new game coming out in January um, via Japanese Twitter. Uh, you can find all this on Screens Forest, but they give us tidbits about uh, Cram and Fram, which apparently are the names of the two kids you see, kid like characters that you see in the trailer. Um, with uh, Alir and was it Vander was the older guy? Yes, Vander. Um, and Fram is, uh, when I read through, is like a guess. Cram is confirmed, but Fram is like a translation and basing it similar off of it, as well as info on Alfred. Um, one that uh, Fire Emblem or Serene's Forest doesn't have up yet, I've seen bits and pieces of, is a character named Celine, who's going to be a class of noble, similar to Alfred, who they have up. Uh, and a bit about Marth in the game. Uh, and one other interesting thing that popped up in more Three Houses related, is apparently their uh, company has released a bunch of cushions and blankets inspired by the three house leaders in both versions of Byleth. So, find all those details over on Strange Forest. Yeah, yeah, a good, uh, a good um, sort of trickling of of information coming out uh, via the yep. Japanese Twitter. Slow trickle. I uh, was mentioned in Discord earlier today, wondering if we're going to get more, and they said we'd get more. Hopefully, it'll be more than just these Twitter trickles, but it'll be at least we're getting at least that. So. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, hopefully we, when we were discussing this in discord a bit, hopefully we get a trailer or, or some, some, some more, um, you know, a big drop of information. Uh, I know we just had the September direct, so I don't necessarily want to be like more, 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 but you know, I think November, December is a good bet. Oh yeah. I'm not too worried about it yet. And it's nice that we're already starting to get a trickle of information, on a roughly weekly or at least a couple day times a week where we're getting bits and details on it, you know, seeing some more info about the characters that they showed in the thing, 
Like we find out that the uh, country that Alfred c- comes from is the kingdom, the Verdant Kingdom of Firen, F-I-R-E-N-E, uh, and we get a look at the logo of his country, his kingdom, and various details, as well as info about you know Fram, Cram, and Vander, who are uh, part of the Holy Land, to, uh, set to guard Alir as they slept. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to learning more about that game. And I mean, it's only a couple months out, so I expect uh, at least one more big trailer uh, prior. Not necessarily like the launch trailer, but one big trailer probably before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, I figure we'll have maybe a couple small trailers. Um, maybe not as many as we got for uh, Three Hopes, because Three Hopes did have, you know, three houses to cover. Three houses worth of characters to cover, and then the uh, Ashen Wolves. So they had a lot of characters to introduce that everyone was 90% certain were going to be there, seeing as it was based off of an already known quantity. Mm-hmm. So I expect one or two more trailers. I could be wrong. Uh, maybe we'll just get a direct instead, like yeah. Xenoblade did. Yeah, I mean, so. that seems to be... Uh, I know we didn't get, like you said, we didn't get that for Three Houses, but or Three Hopes, rather, but hopefully we'll get it for this uh, this entry. Um, it kind of makes sense not to get that for Three Hopes because it's kind of a spinoff of a. I guess it did good enough to get a sequel, but a questionable entry. Right. Well, I would imagine that um, this being a mainline entry into Fire Emblem will get something. Yeah, that's kind of where it was going. Three Hopes is a spinoff of something. You know, Three Houses did well, but Warriors yep. did not. So. You also have to keep in mind, too, like there is that gap for the holidays where really like the last big drop for content is usually considered to be around the game awards. Nintendo has participated in the past in the game awards. I mean, um, more for their like high end franchises. Like I would almost expect Zelda to be there as opposed to Fire Emblem, but you never know. They might have multiple trailers, um, to offer the game awards, but that's, I think scheduled for December 8th, but there is that like, you know, holiday gap where there really isn't a lot of news between mid-December and early January. And and this game comes out January 20th. So there, there is that, that gap to mind there for the holidays that they, they might be looking to get ahead of, um, with more information. Yeah. Hard to say for sure what they'll decide to do. Um, I'm not sure I'd expect anything at the game awards because I'm not sure they've really done much in the full game type thing. Most of what I recall from Game Awards recently has been, like, Smash trailers from Nintendo. But maybe there's something I'm forgetting that they've done. Yeah, um, I think, like, it really was just one year where Nintendo did a a big drop. It was Bayonetta 3, the first DLC Smash stuff with Persona, um, Joker, and uh, I think the, the Zelda DLC, the final piece of Zelda Breath of the Wild DLC. So... But since then, there really hasn't been much because, again, Nintendo's really just preferred to do their own thing. I don't even think they've participated in, like, Summer Games Fest, right? Yeah, Nintendo often does their own thing. They, Like I said, they did, and to be honest, it might have been more of Atlas pushing it, but they did the uh, um, Joker reveal. I feel like they've done another Smash reveal there, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, no, I guess the only other Smash that would have character that would have been around that would have been Byleth, so and they didn't do that there, so mm-hmm. but 
Yeah, it's uh, yeah, they, we'll, they, we'll see. I don't recall them doing a ton. There might have been other Nintendo games that showed up there, but I think that was usually led by the other company that runs it. Which, once again, the Persona 5, you know, Joker coming to Smash might have been kind of pushed by Atlas more than Nintendo. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, we'll, we'll obviously we'll continue to keep an eye on Fire Emblem Engage uh, as we get more information and we'll, we'll chat about that. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have to push our Tokyo Mirage sessions, sharp FE special discussions. Uh, we're going to do gameplay focused discussion on our next episode, which is scheduled for October 24th. And then at some point in November, we'll look to talk about the story, uh, of that game. And, um, yeah, if, if you've played it before or you're looking to play it again, um, I'm playing it on switch. And I, and I think, uh, Eddie, you are as well, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, pretty or, sure it's only. I guess. I guess I could have had a Wii U version, but yeah, primarily it is a Switch. I guess if you're not playing the Encore version, you could have played it on the Wii U. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I couldn't remember if you were playing on Wii U, but I. But now that I think about it, yeah, you did pick it up on Switch. But yeah, I didn't have a giant interest in it, but when they re- announced the re-release, and I was, you know, Faye had already come out or was about to come out, and so it's like, yeah. Well, it had already come out because they added the characters to Faye. Um, so, yeah, I was deep back deep into Fire Emblem, so I was a little more, you know, yeah, sure, let me try this out, see how they handled the characters. Can't remember if I had played Persona 5 by then yet or not. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about uh, Token Mirage Sessions on our next episode, so stay tuned for that. I've got a, I'm making a note gonna play the game between now and our next episode so we can chat about it because it's been a long time coming hop back in and refresh myself on the game as well yeah so look forward to that in a couple weeks uh but with that that's the end of our show this week you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fey email the show fey at gamersinpodcast.com you can check out the fire emblem channel and the gamers in discord at bit.ly slash tgi discord that is the best spot um to discuss fire emblem in terms of uh Eddie and I are in there and there's uh, with Engage coming out, a lot of people are dropping, you know, Twitter links in there and there's been a lot of um, really cool stuff with gameplay and discussions of when we're going to see some more information. So um, definitely check that out. If you're on Twitter, you can follow me at our Murphy, Eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow at the gamers in for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great couple weeks and happy summoning.